This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles. If you're into nerd culture, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, if you're into sports memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. Everything you see there is in Canadian funds, so to all you American listeners, it's a little bit cheaper for you. But do not fret, international listeners, they ship worldwide. Please visit them daily because every day they update their website. Like I said, they got everything from wrestling figures, even off comic books. They got signed wrestling pictures, old wrestling VHS tapes, anything you literally need or want as a fan they have there. And if you're into nerd culture, you most likely are into video games and books. If so, please visit bossfightbooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Galaga, Metal Gear Solid, World of Warcraft, and so many others. Everything you see there on their websites available in paperback and ebook format. So please visit bossfightbooks.com today. And if you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device that you're listening to. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. It takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs to anything you literally need or want. It is there. But if you don't want to support anything monetarily, it's totally understandable. The easiest thing, the most free thing, the thing that takes you two seconds, the most important thing is to rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So, this week's guest is a professional wrestler of legendary status who has worked in such promotions as ECW, WWE, Shine, Chikara, NWA, AEW, and currently Impact. She held the NWA World's Women Championship for 948 days and is a two-time WWE slash F Women's Champion. The female fighting phenom, Jazz. Yes, hello, hello. How are you today in during the COVID era? I'm, uh, I'm blessed. No, uh, haven't, uh, no one in my household or my family has had the virus, so. Okay. You know, we're, we're thankful and, and, and blessed for that. Uh, now, have you known anyone who has COVID in any of your circles? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you do uh, okay. Quite a few people that has had it. Um, yeah, a couple of people from our wrestling school, you know, had oh, it. Oh shit! It's been. Uh, it's it's most definitely real. <laughs> you know. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I I think it's when people start realizing other people around them start getting it, then that's when it hits home. Because at first, I think everyone was the same way. Okay, yeah, it's this, it's that, or even play it off as some kind of flu. But if some people who get it really bad get it really bad. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right about that. Um, I know when it first started, you know, we were all panicking a little bit, you know. Um, it, it was very scary, you know, and it was just just didn't really know, didn't know what to do or what to expect, you That's know. You're, just, you're scared to go out. Um, 
mad because you had to cover your face. <laughs> you know, it's just like a no-win situation. But uh, just thankful that we, like I said, no one has ever in my household or my family has had it, you know, so uh, I'm good with it. Yeah, so COVID aside, when did you become yes. a wrestling fan? When did this all come into your head? When did you think you could actually do this for a living? Yeah, um, I grew up watching wrestling. I've been a wrestling fan pretty much all my life, honestly. Nice. You know, growing up in Memphis. Um, ah, of course. Just, there you go. So once you <laughs> say that word, right, yes. it's like, aha. <laughs> it's true. That's yeah. like for us Canadians saying Calgary, right? Same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's just something that I always grew up watching. Uh, never once did I ever say that um, I was going to become professional wrestler oh. or that's not that i dreamt of becoming right i love watching it but i never dreamt that i would be involved whatsoever but yeah well you know once i stepped my foot in test the waters right i dove in and started swimming man <laughs> so what was that aha moment when did it get into your head where you're like i want to go to school i want to do this for a living um uh, um back home uh, a schoolmate of mine he was interested in going to train in Arkansas, and he told me he thought I would be, you know, great at this because, of course, I've been in sports all my life, right? And um, and he thought I would be a good fit, and so hey, it just went from there. Uh, of course, it didn't work out in the beginning. I tried okay. different things. Um, um, I took a few bumps. Didn't didn't like that whatsoever. <laughs> sure. Like, well, you know what? Why don't I just be, try to be a valet? Oh, you know. Okay. So I did that maybe for a couple of weeks and and um, ran into a show. I went to a show and ran into this guy that said Junkyard Dog was training in Lafayette, Louisiana. Oh, okay. So um, I said, okay, if this is what I want to do, this is what I got to do. So I packed up and headed on out, man, headed to Lafayette, Louisiana and, and started training. So now, are, were you, because your in-ring technical skills are obviously above par, you're awesome. Did you always gravitate towards it? Were you like a natural, as they say? Um, um, kind of like a natural, but my husband Rodney kind of helped me a lot with my uh, mad work. Oh, okay. He had a lot to do with that because he, he wrestled in high school, state champion, so. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, at the junkyard dog, Rod Price, he stepped in and became our our, our trainer, mm. and that's where the really uh, you know the uh, just being very technical. That's you know and, and learn how to tell a story and, and 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 pacing yourself and slowing down. So that's where all that come into play. But basically, it was kind of like on the job training for me because sure. I only trained for like six to eight months before I went to ECW. Oh wow, <laughs> that's it, right? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So before we get to ECW, how was it back then when a woman tried to break into the business? Was it harder for you guys or was it like, or, or were you just the opposite where they just didn't take you guys seriously? Uh, a little both. Okay. You know, um, it was just so hard because there wasn't many women, mm -hmm. you know, and then in the South, oh, oh my God, there shit. was no women. Right. You know, so yeah, it, it was like, man, if you found a girl, no matter how she looked, if she could work or not, you know, it's like, all right, let's book her. Let's let's try to get a girls match on, you know. True. And that's how my trainer was, Rod. He just really tried to make sure that I was getting, you know, some experience out there. So I would come up with him. Even though I didn't wrestle, I still would travel with him and Rodney all the time. Mm. And um Yeah, it, it was it was rough, man. There was there was no women whatsoever. Um and then when I started to get out there a little bit, uh, well, this is after ECW, okay. basically. But, you know, it was really all about tits and ass in the uh, Attitude era. late 90s, yeah. early 2000s, yep. especially the late 90s. Mm -hmm. You know, it was all about the puppies, right? Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I did not fit that criteria whatsoever. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And then again, we'll get into it too. Kudos to you for standing out because that's, again, even as a child, even now as an adult, I always look for those people that stood out, that were different from the pack, that weren't the cookie cutters, as they call it. You know what I mean? So to me, yes. it was perfect timing when you came into the WWE or WWF before. 
and you were just something different. It was like an aha moment. Like, oh my God, women are like this and can wrestle too. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like you brought that professional, like, I know MMA wasn't really popular back then, but you brought that grittiness, like that toughness, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, like just in there for no holes barred, just right, right in your face, you know, just being aggressive, having a killer instinct, yes. you know, and, 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 you know, thank God for ECW because just coming from there, you know, I had to wrestle rough and rugged, you know, with the guys. So right. it kind of just came natural. <laughs> well, because that's what I was going to ask. You said there was a lack of women. So I'm sure you had many intergender matches back in the day before getting to like yes. a so-called women's division, right? Uh, well, you know, like I said, eight months training and then straight to ECW. So that's why I really I only had maybe maybe five matches. And, and, wow. and I could be lying. Wow. Five matches before my ECW debut, so that's crazy. Uh, it wasn't much experience going on there, but you know, just a quick learner, you know, and, and again, just being an athlete, you know, and hey, like I said, I got the opportunity, and I dove in there, and I couldn't turn around, I couldn't turn back, so I had to make it happen. I couldn't fail. I never failed at anything in my life, so wow. I couldn't let that be the first time. <laughs> no, and good for you, because look what ended up happening with your career, right? Yes. So how yes. did you get into ECW? Did you contact them, or did they get a hold of you? No, uh, again, my trainer, Rod Price. Oh. He was in ECW at the time. He was one gotcha. of the Baldies. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and he had told Rodney and myself that, um, that um, ECW was going to be in Louisiana, doing a loop there mm. and he was like why don't you guys get come on out there and uh do a tryout and we showed up and on the last day i finally had the courage to get in the ring and do a tryout and they actually put me in there with jason knight to have a match oh wow and the entire roster <laughs> circled around the ring Oof. and uh yeah it was yeah we did great. Honestly, I don't remember anything about the match, but I guess we did great. I know when we finished one, two, three, I got got my breath for a second, hurry up, ran to the back, went straight to the restroom, and threw my guts up. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it was just nerves, right. like just blown. I don't know, but yeah, I was in there throwing up, man. Wow. And Rodney come and got me. He's like, man, hurry up, hurry up, Paulie want to talk to you. Paulie wants to talk to you. Sure. So I had to, you know, rinse my mouth out, kind of wash my face a little bit and went out there and talked to him. He was like, where the hell did you come from? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> See, and that, was yeah, the, and that was it. And that was the thing with Pauly back in the day. He saw like that's something that was different that WWE or F didn't want to get a hold of because they, they had their sort of whatever persona they wanted to put out, right? And that's why ECW thrived. Exactly. exactly. He, he would always... He was good at finding your strengths and mm -hmm. hiding your weaknesses. There you go. You know, he, he was very good at that. Yeah, and you know, he he took a chance on me. You know, little black girl from from Memphis, <laughs> get an opportunity. You know, hey, I'm I'm forever thankful for it, for him and uh Tommy Dreamer, Paulie and Dreamer. You know, they they allowed um, jazz to be born. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because the jazz persona was born. In ECW, right? Because yes. you were called in something ECW. else beforehand, right? Well, I was calling myself Jasmine. Oh, Jasmine. Okay. Yes. And everybody just started calling me Jazz for short. Right. What's up, Jazz? What's up, Jazz? Hey, Jazz. There you go. And I kind of just... Stuck? It's kind of like... Just, <laughs> yeah. Kind of stuck, and hey, I've been jazz ever since. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, because looking back at your career, I totally forgot that you were part of the Impact Players with Lance Storm and Justin Credible. And... Yes, to me, they were one of my favorite tag teams, mainly because one was Canadian and the other one had Portuguese background. So to me, that was perfect for me, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's coming in as part of Justin Credible's entourage. Oh, my God. I I learned so much from being a part of that, you know. Mm. Uh, again, still so green. Didn't even know wrestling terminology. Oh, shit. That's how green I was. Wow. Yeah, I mean, literally. I'm telling you, eight months of training. I know, that. true. You know, and, and you in ECW locker room and and they don't they don't really talk. They just say, Yeah, we're gonna fucking do this, we're gonna fucking do that and sure. bing bing, boom, boom, and hit with the gimmick and you're like, the fuck what? <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> okay, what's gonna happen before my spy comes up? Fuck. Like, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> yes. 
I could only imagine. Yeah, because it's like a totally different language for people who don't know, right? Yeah, it is. It is. So now, now I I totally get the the boom, boom, bang, bang, bam, <laughs> hitting with the gimmick. I I I, I get it. <laughs> well, trust me, me being a, a thirty plus year fan, I still don't know all the terminology. So there's sometimes when people are talking about shit. That's why I try not to be one of those interviews that tries to speak insider language because it's like yeah. Obviously, you guys, you're in the business, you know. So why do I need to show off that I know your terminology? You know what I mean? Yeah. Gotcha. Yes, so how, how about the hardcore matches? Were you involved in any severe, like, bloody hardcore matches in ECW or no? No, not really. Okay. Um, I mean, if anything, now what I did, I took damn near everyone's finisher in there. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know, I've... I took the fucking spine buster from uh, C.W. Anderson. I, I took the gore from Rhino. Nice. You know, uh, shit. I took everybody's finisher. I took Balls Mahoney's finisher. Oh, you know, I, I worked I worked Simon uh, Diamond mm. a bunch of times. I worked Steve Carino. Nice. You know, um, only thing I probably didn't do was take um, Tajiri's Mist. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I never had the mist. <laughs> See, and that's probably the easiest bump of them all, right? <laughs> I know, right? It's like, fuck, give me the mist. <laughs> Shit. Oh, that's right hilarious. Checking out them damn finishes, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> give me the mist, please. Oh. <laughs> So how did you transition going into the WWF then at the time? Were you called? Or was that part of when ECW was sort of working behind the scenes with WWF? A little bit of both. A okay. little bit of both. Um, Paul E. was there at the time. That's when uh, Vince had already bought ECW. Oh, okay. No one really knew it. You know, it still right. was top secret. Sure. <laughs> but Paul E. was there. You know, that's when he first started doing commentary with JR. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. And I saw Dreamer at an indie show in Texas. Okay. And Dreamer was like, hey, I'm going to call Paul and try to get you set up to do a dark match. And mm. back then, that's what. That's how you were seen. Exactly. You know, doing dark matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, they set it up, went up there, and I worked with Ivory. And nice. man, I love her to death. She mo- totally made the match all about me. Mm. She said, I heard good things about you and most definitely going to make you look good. And we went out there and had a great reaction. They said right. that was probably one of the best reactions they've had from a girl's match. Oh, wow. So, See that? Yeah, so a couple months later after that, hell, I got a phone call and said, offered me a deal and my contract will be in the mail. Shit. Wow. That's yes. awesome. So then within less than a year, you win the women's title. And you win it twice, actually, and both times against Trish Stratus, oddly enough. What were you feeling that first time? Because like you said, you were just newly in the business. How many years now in are you winning the women's world I'm, title? I'm, I'm 22 plus years. Wow. I'm like at 23, 25 years. Yeah. Wow. So what was going through your mind? Were you getting nervous? Did you throw up after the match? I was nervous, nervous, but still it didn't really dawn on me because then I was still just trying to go out there and just do my best. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. Of course I went there wanting to be a champion, but that right. wasn't something that, you know, I just focused on. You mm-hmm. know, I just wanted to be the best that I could possibly be. Uh, but yeah, winning that title on Raw, it, it's I, I I really I don't believe I realized what really was going on at the time. Still green and trying to just find myself. Still trying to find myself because it was a big transition from ECW to WWF. Sure, I can imagine. You know, yeah. ECW working all men. Fucking land shit in, get shit laid back on me. Right. You know, and then go up there in WWF, then I got Trish. Right. You know, so it was, it was different. You know, like I said, I was still trying to find my groove, get my timing right. You know, I was always, I'm a, kind of a perfectionist, mm. you know, and uh, just, I would be the first one there in the venue to get in the ring and work on shit. You know, it's just, right. just, I just wanted to be, just wanted to be great. Just wanted to be good. But yeah, but winning that title the first time, it's, I I can't even tell you how I felt because I don't believe I felt anything because I was still so green. And it's so true. And you were green, not only in wrestling, in life in general, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, you know, I was in my late 20s. Well, yeah, but again, looking back now, you think late 20s, you're still just a kid. But at that time, you're like, I'm a fucking adult. I'm I'm ruler of the world, right? Yeah, 
Yo, what? No, I wasn't ruler of the world. I was just shit, trying to be humble and keep a damn job. Oh, good that's for what you, it was then. all about. <laughs> no, that, well, that's better than what I thought I, when I was in my late 20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, shit, I'm here. Now I got to try to stay here. <laughs> nice. Well, we spoke earlier of intergender matches. You were sort of thrusted into the hardcore division at the time, too, in, in WWE, right? Uh, did, no, did I you not have one match? I just that's had what it was. one match okay. with, with, with Bubba. So that's what yes. it was. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of yes. then. And that was leading up because I had already had torn my ACL. And that Ooh. was kind of leading up to me to be taken out to do my surgery. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. And you also feuded with the biggest names. Like, you, we don't need to go down the whole list. But now looking at some of these women... They weren't all like the sort of tits and ass, like you know what I mean. Like you said, you had Ivory, you had Molly Holly, Victoria, yeah. Jacqueline at the time too, right? So you actually had women that could go too, and a lot of people yeah. don't think of that looking back, right? Yeah, exactly. They really don't because um, a lot of those women still were doing gimmick matches. Ah, you know, you know right. um, and when I came in, I never once did a gimmick match. I never once was in a panty and bra match or wet okay. t-shirt contest. Remember, I was an anti-diva. True. Every time they would do shit like that, you know, I would go out there and interrupt it. I was I was like the, the party pooper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a party pooper. So, yeah, that that was my whole, my whole gimmick. Anti-diva. I hated the little Barbie dolls. Now, what if there was a character switch and they did ask you to do that TNA type of stuff? Would it, Would you have done it back then? I probably would have had to, but it wouldn't have fit for what I what I was bringing to the table. True that, yeah, that is true. It, I just can't see it fitting anywhere in that. <laughs> <laughs> so then you leave WWE and you go work the Indies for a bit. Now, how was that transition? Because back then the Indies were. Let's go back. Still talk oh. about WWE because remember we talked sure. about my second time winning and okay, sure. talk about my many matches. Um, oh fuck! Go for it. Uh, yeah, I always you know. Um, like with the Mania they had this week with Tasha and Bianca, mm-hmm. you know, main eventing uh, Mania. Right. You know, How the was first that? time yeah. two African-American women ever headlining Mania. Mm-hmm. But um, I was the first African-American woman to walk in as a WWE Women's Champion and retain my title at a WrestleMania. Look so, at that. There you go. And a yes. lot of people forget they, about they that. They always tend to forget that. WWE don't like I talking know. about that, but... You know, that's my legacy, so I got to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's the thing, right? Yes. Anything aside, like, that's what you did. Like, fuck, I don't understand yes. why some, like, it's not only WWE. A lot of other companies do the same bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? And I think if it's in the record books, it's in the record books, regardless. That's what it is. And that's why I'm it's in black and white. That shit can't be erased. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, how yeah. was it then performing at WrestleMania for the first time? Oh, my God. Now, that right there, that was... Talk about nerves. Yeah, when you're in front of 89,000 people. Yeah, it was kind of weird because the reaction was kind of delayed. It was That's so what everyone says. There. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so many people there. You know, you do something, and like two seconds later, you get the... Ah. <laughs> right. It's like a bad internet connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a de- de- delay. But, um, yeah, that was something Now that was once I was in there for a while and mm. understood my uh, um, my role and, 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 and understood who I was and, and what I was about. Right. That's when jazz really started to to grow and, 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 and progress mm. and, and, and totally. You know, if you watch some of my matches. Early 2000, you see you see jazz, but like 2002, 2003, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, like, big difference. You thought I was bringing it in 2000, 2003, <laughs> I was really bringing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, again, just just so, so honored uh, for that, for the opportunity. Regardless of what people said about WWE, they still gave me an opportunity, gave me a platform. So That's true. You know, regardless of... Um, of how things ended, I'm still grateful for for that, and um, I still say that I should probably just now be retiring from WWE. Honestly, mm. that's how I feel. What I brought to the table in WWE, 
everything me leaving WWE should have been on my terms when I was ready to leave. Right. Like, I, I, I still today don't understand why I was released. Mm. I don't know. I don't know because I wasn't a kiss ass or what. I don't know. Because I was not a kiss ass. Right. You know, and I spoke up for myself, you know, and back then they didn't like that shit. Mm. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, uh, but those mania moments, those are just those are very emotional moments. You you really right. can't even describe those moments because it's just so much, you know, you, you, the, the, the amount of people there, the, the amount of stress, the amount of pressure, you know, you, 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 yeah, you don't want to fuck up like one spot. You don't want to trip coming down the ramp, you know, you know, you think about all those things, you know, but <laughs> that's the, that's the Super Bowl of wrestling, right? It's that's true. what, yeah. So, you know, as, as Rocky was saying, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's true. A lot of people don't realize that WrestleMania is one of those Super Bowl moments where not only wrestling fans watch, but everybody watches it. Everybody watches, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, That's just, cool. just thankful and grateful. And that was Mania 18 and um, 19. I went in there with Victoria and Trish, you know, and we, we had a great match. So... You know, and I have nothing but love for those girls. See, that's awesome. It's like I was talking about uh, being to live events, like the last ones before all the lockdowns happened with my guests last week. And I brought up that I was actually at WrestleMania 18 in the crowd. Now, here's, uh, here's the thing. I barely remember shit because I have crap memory. And the only thing I remember was The Rock versus Hogan. And I had no idea you were even in a match and I was there live and I watched it. Look at that. <laughs> And you know why? They put us right, they changed the card and put us right behind Hogan and um, Rock. There you go. Shit. Maybe that's why I forgot oh, about it. He was it. probably still so high from that match. Right? You, know, you can't remember what else happened after that. Yeah, no kidding. You see that? Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about it. And yeah, Mania, uh, Mania 18, that's a big audience. they did to, to the women back then. Yeah, you know? true. Oh, fuck. We need something out there to get the people yeah. to sit down in their seats, go piss, shit, whatever, use the restroom, get popcorn. And they bring the girls out. But you know what? We still went out there and did our thing. No, and kudos to, to you, man. Obviously, that's awesome. So, okay. Now, back to working the indies for the first time. So, you go there. This is back then when it's not like how it's supposedly thriving nowadays. Well, before the pandemic, obviously. So, how was it back then? And what was your favorite thing about working the indies? Having my freedom. Mm, good one, yeah. You know, of dictating what I wanted or didn't want to do. Okay. And I've never, I'm not one to, to try to have power, you know, uh, uh, to, to use my name for power to, to do what I want to do. I, tr- I always try to do what's best for the show. Mm, gotcha. But, um, but again, you know, just having my freedom, um, and, and, and back to having fun again. Ah, that's a because, good one. Because up there it's a job. <laughs> Well, it's true, because especially the stories that you used to hear back in the day, right? Yeah, it's a job still today. I mean, you got to eat shit, read wrestling, you know, and you're on the road five days a week, including your travel days. It's literally five days. Oh, so I'm assuming that's one thing you don't miss about working WWE, right? No, no, (laughs) no. Right now, I couldn't travel like that if I wanted to. Uh, That shit would kill me. Right. Yeah. My body can't even take that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so then you also wrestled for Shine. you And you were an, an original for Shine. Like this all-women's yes. wrestling promotion, if people don't know. So how did yeah. all this come to be? Again, were you part of the genesis of it? Or did they get a hold of you to be a part of it? They got a hold of me. Okay. You know, Lexi and... Uh, um, oh, my God. Bonnie. The, uh, Daphne was there. Oh, nice. I mean... Yeah, they, they got a hold of me, and, you know, and, and I had fun with it. I wrestled Eva Lee when she was still a kid. I mm. wrestled Sarah Del Rey right before wow. she went up to be, get her job in WWE. Right. Uh, yeah, man, it was it was a blast. I just, 
I kind of right after I uh, while working with Shine, mm-hmm. I was starting just to get burnt out with wrestling a little bit. Oh, I wanted okay. like to get a job and get insurance and mm. kind of just be normal for a while. Sure. So that's when I went and got a job with the sheriff's office. Oh wow! And I could no longer work with Shine, but yeah, oh. I tried my best to. And they had me main event in every month. I'm like, oh my god, y'all killing me! Like, let some of these young girls go out here and go 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, right? Well, I want to know a little bit before yeah. Shine, but I didn't know you were you. What you became a sheriff? You went through the process of everything. Yeah, yeah, I went through the post. I went to the academy. Oh um, wow! I I worked for the sheriff's office. I didn't go on the road. Okay. I actually um, was a supervisor in the uh, food um, food service department. Mm, I see. But yes. you, you went through the whole training, well, like even like yes. the shooting oh, range yes. and all that stuff. Oh yes, yes, all that. So how was it then? Are, are you a gun person per se, or no? Yeah, I'm a gun person. There you go. Yes. Yes. I haven't gone to the range in a couple of years. I'm probably a little rusty. <laughs> I need to get out there and uh, and work on my aim a little bit. Yes. But yeah, I, I, oh, I, I cool. loved it, you know, because um, I always try to be a mentor as well. Oh, you know, okay. Because people don't realize it, but with jail, because I worked at a jail, not a prison. Okay. There's a difference. Yeah, yes. Yeah, there is. With jail, it's just a revolving door, mm-hmm. you know, and you try to talk to those guys or, or ladies mm-hmm. and, and just see where they're coming from and just try to give them a different way of looking at life. Mm. You know, if it's, if what you're out there doing now hadn't worked in, in three times, like you, <laughs> right? you, you get out this time, you, you got to try something different, yeah, different friends and something. You, you got to do something different. So I, I really enjoy that. In fact, That's I still cool. talk to some of my sheriff office, oh, there you uh, go co-workers still today so okay i gotta know that what's the craziest thing to happen while you were there helping them out wow the craziest thing again i was in jail and i was in food service so i didn't see much um oh man nothing i've never seen anything too crazy i tell you they just there's some smart individuals Mm. they they can uh, uh, I tell you, a, a, a double A battery can do a lot. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yes, a double A battery is a lifesaver. <laughs> wow! Look I've at seen that. them, you know, um, rig up things to to cook with, um, mm. to charge things. They get cell phones snuck in, like right. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's yeah, they 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 become criminal minded real fast once they get incarcerated. Mm, that's crazy. <laughs> Even for a speeding ticket, traffic right. ticket, or DUI, they come to jail and it's like, well, they become, and we just call it institutionalized. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, going back to Shine again. So, it was it run by all women as well? All women referees? Was yeah. it every? No. Oh, okay. Okay. By all women, I think the owner he was, um, I think his name was Sal. Okay, I believe, yeah, no, no, it wasn't all women. Uh, but Lexi, who was uh, booking and and everything, she was most uh, a big sister to, to some of the girls, a mother to some of them. She most definitely took care of the girls, nice. So she's the one that got those girls up there and and and, and work with them and um, and taught them how to actually, you know, just, just run and be a part of a professional show. Nice. Now, NWA, how did all this come to happen? Because like you said, I, before Shine, you were kind of burnt out. So now you've done Shine, you've done the indies, you did two stints in WWE, and now you're doing NWA. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, again, I was at the sheriff's office when I got contacted about the NWA. Ah, yeah, so um, I was approached with that opportunity to work with NWA, and I had to think about it for a while. I'm like, man, I'm really, <laughs> you know, enjoying life right now. Sure. You know, but again, uh, you always, it, wrestling is in our blood. You never stop. So um, I, I, I had to um, had to go forward and accept the offer of working with NWA and 
got the title and hey, right. and ran with it. Yeah, it's made history with that too. I was just going to say, another history-making moment. Now, how did all that come to be? Was that from the beginning to give you that long run or did it just kept happening organically? Kept happening. Ah, okay. It is weird because I didn't even realize it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at that. I didn't. I did not. I never realized it one bit. Um, you know, wrestling fans, they, 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 they know everything, you know, they keep sure. up with everything. And that's how, that was my first time hearing of it on Twitter. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, on Twitter. But again, unfortunately, I got tired. I had just lost my parents uh, and my body was just tired, sure. you know, and just, I needed a break. I got, you know, I was sick. And I, again, I had to go just focus on getting a job with insurance because I had to get some, I had medical issues. Mm. So I had to resign, right. and, you know, and from NWA and pretty much turn the belt over. And, you know, it is what it is. It's just, it's life, you know. So does that mean that's your next stop, maybe? Revenge? <laughs> I don't want, I'm not chasing titles anymore. All right, all right. Just making sure. I'm not title chasing at all. Well, you know, with all this no, forbidden door business, people, right? I don't want any titles. <laughs> no, that means I got to wrestle. Hell no. <laughs> I'm retiring, man. Shit. No, no, no. I'm trying to do behind scenes. I'm working. Ah, okay. I'm working with SWE now, uh, a company here in Texas. Mm, okay, growing okay. really, really rapidly. I'm over the women's division there. I do the booking. I'm an oh, agent. Nice. You know, uh, my plate is full with that. I also, we have a wrestling school. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, me bumping and doing all that day in and day out. Oh, hell no. <laughs> I'm trying to get through this tour. I'm trying to do my <laughs> tour, you know, and, uh, and and see some new faces and, and work a few of these young ladies that, right. that that's wanting and willing to work with me. And, uh, and just just have fun. I, I just want to have fun for the rest of my time that I'm I, I'm actually in the ring. There you go. So all in all, your time yeah. in the NWA, if it wasn't cut short, it was fantastic, right? Yes, it was. It was. So do you care? Okay, so because the whole talk of professional wrestling, obviously, is you got the people who are long-life fans that run promotions, and then you got the people who have deep pockets who run promotions. Now, it's no secret. Obviously, everyone knows Billy Corgan runs NWA. Kind of like how Tony Khan runs for uh, AEW, right? Does it matter to you if wrestling should be in their blood? Or is it just fine if they know the business and they could just help out in any which way? Wrestling is a business. Okay. And and if you got the money man that wants a company, he's going to get somebody in there that knows the wrestling business to run it. That's true. You know, so um, just like Tony. Tony got what well, he, he's got. He's got Cody, uh, yeah. uh, J. What's his name? JT, Jake, what's his name? J QT. QT Marshall, uh, yeah. Yeah. Jericho, you know, then look the at the agents he's got yeah. over there now. You know, know. Billy Gunn, Dean Malenko. Right. You know, so, That's yes, it's, it is what it is. The same with uh, NWA, you know. And Billy dipped, this Billy second time dipping in That's true the wrestling business. So, you know, he's gotten his feet wet already, right. you know, but he's got Nick, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Simon Diamond, Pat Kenny, he's yeah. there. And I don't know who all else is over there, but um, they seem to be, you know, trying to get the ball rolling. So we're just patiently waiting to see what happens. It's true. I think if a person surrounds himself with people who know the business and are in the business and want to make the business better, not just be selfish and put themselves on top, why not? Who cares, right? Like SWE. Uh, we got Teddy Long. You know, oh, there you he's go. the general manager there. Okay. Uh, Mark Henry, Kevin Sullivan. Nice. You know, my husband, Rodney. Mm -hmm. So we're... We're, we're, we're doing big things out here. You know, this is where Bloodhunter was working, SWE. Oh, there you go. Heard of him, and he's from your neck of the woods, Canada? He sounds familiar, but I don't think I've seen anything, though. No? You uh, know anything about Hannibal TV? Hannibal, again, that sounds familiar, but I've never, I must have yeah, read it from, in passing. Hannibal TV is a, uh, he has a podcast. Okay. 
like one of the biggest. Really? Yes. Okay, then I must have heard of this. I have shitty memory. I've mentioned it before. Yeah, I got you. Smoke too much weed, man. Too much weed. Hey, it's legal up here, so you know. I know, right? Hey, <laughs> stay sports money, baby. Uh-uh. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned it, your current tour, you're working with Impact, you did your whole retirement angle and everything, so before we get to that angle, was this the whole premise was to go somewhere that was like national and international TV to have like this one last sort of say run before you ride off into the sunset? Sort of, yes. Yes. Um, Dreamer heard that I was trying to retire and he was like, oh no, you're not. You're going to do that (laughs) shit on TV. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> again Smart. you know dream always looking out you know so i couldn't say no i would be a damn fool to say no right exactly so was it in the cards from the beginning that eventually it was good because you had a few matches before but then it was the ultimate show my cards i don't know what was in theirs but ah. it was in my cards <laughs> i can't work tv matches you know oh, like that's okay. that's really a, a fast pace oh you know than just an indie match okay yeah, and and I don't. Again, I tell people I have nothing else to prove. Mm. I don't. I don't have not one other point that I need to prove to anybody. You know, I've I've done what I could do, <laughs> <laughs> and that's <laughs> what you have received from me. That's all I have to offer. There's nothing more for me to offer in ring. <laughs> now behind the scenes, I got you, but in ring. It's nothing else for me to do. So it's official. You're retired from in-ring action. Uh, yeah, I'm doing my tour, you know. I'm doing that. But again, right. that's at my pace. There, yeah. You know, I get to take the time and tell my story in there. Yes. So now, are you, you're managing so far in the interim Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. Is that going to be a long-term thing? Is this something you want to do eventually down the road, too? We just have to, we have to stay tuned for that. Uh-oh. <laughs> Trying to get me to trying to get me to spill the tea, aren't you? <laughs> hey, I'm just wondering. One person to the other, you know? Yeah. No one's I listening. Don't know. We'll have to just wait and see about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, yes, how about this? We just spoke of Tony Khan and all this with the for- forbidden door and that everyone's talking about this. Not to say you yourself because you said you don't want to wrestle anymore and you do it on your terms. Is there any wrestlers, though, you want to see integrated into Impact or any of the female Impact wrestlers going over to AEW? I mean, um, the girls in Impact, they're happy with what they're doing. They're okay. all getting an opportunity to shine. You know, um, no, I can't see Impact girls going to AEW and, and or AEW girls coming to Impact. I mean, could would they do it? I'm sure. But there's no need. I don't feel. I don't think it'll, it'll benefit either promotion, honestly. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of it, though. Yeah, exactly. You guys do your thing, they do their thing, and then you go from there, right? Yeah. Yeah, go from there, yeah. And actually the whole thing with the whole thing with um Oh god. Oh man, I have a bad memory. You're worse than me. What's his name? The one just came over there and took impacts. Oh, uh, Kenny Omega. Yeah, Kenny Omega. (laughs) Yeah, see that's that's something different there. I was just gonna say if they send they send the AEW champion over to AEW and work some of work one of their girls. There you go. Then we'll have something. Yes, but just just swapping talent like that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, true. Don't know. Just for the sake of doing, because I, I was just going to mention it before you said it, the whole sort of invasion angles. Like you could only really say what what was really the good ones was the NWO, obviously, because everyone talks about that one. That original ECW when they invaded and were in the crowd, which wasn't really scripted at the time. That was pretty cool to see, right? Yeah, but yeah, other than that, that was, uh, all the... my first main event match See? in ECW. What was I pissed? <laughs> but, okay, so there originally hasn't been really a good invasion angle. Like everyone knows, the WCW thing drop was dropped the ball. The whole reinvention of ECW, which you were also a part of for a bit, with that they dropped the ball too. So seeing what they're doing right now, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, again, it can be done if it's done the right way. I believe right. the the ball was dropped with WWE because it's almost like if it's not Vince's original product, it's uh, like he just you know what I mean? Right? Like why if if he bought WCW and ECW, why would he need to continue to put those companies over? 
That's so true. You know, we could just merge it to one. <laughs> you know. Well, and if you think about know. it, in the real corporate world, that's what they do. Like someone will eat up yeah. a corporation, and then slowly that name disappears, right? Disappears exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I'm actually surprised they kept that big gold world title as long as they did too, because that was a long run that thing had, right? Yeah, it was. It was. But who was that? That was Benoit, right? Benoit had it. Benoit had it. Was he the last one to single, actually single? But then after, no, then they had like someone was holding both of them at the same time, but they wasn't really merged yet. And then after the whole brand separation happened, and then that was brought back again. So not a bad run for a title. (laughs) But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. When 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 I when I was there and all that was going on, right. I really had no idea what was going on because I was so focused on what the hell I had. Oh wow! <laughs> like far what what was what angles was happening? Sure. Like I can't tell you one angle, but I can tell you what the hell Jazz was doing. Right. <laughs> and that's how it is. Um, me and Rodney was talking about that last night. We was just saying how you know his his whiteboard challenge matches. Mm. You know, and I'm like. Babe, I never really noticed. Like it right. took a lot of freaking energy to go out there and just murder someone, just constantly, just boom, 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 like an MMA fight for five minutes. Sure. And looking at it now, I'm like, holy shit! You know, I didn't realize that. And it was like, yeah, I know. It's like you was too busy, caught up in your world. I'm like, you're right. Just I had my own shit I had to worry about. I couldn't, you know, focus on anything else. Yeah, no kidding, right? I could only imagine. So true. So you mentioned it too. Being a trainer, you own your own school. Okay, first off, the Dog Pound, fantastic name. Now, who came up with that? Ron and I have had that name for over 20 years really? now. You know, we've had a school for for like for yeah, good 20 years. Oh, yes. wow. We always had to put it on hold because of our career. Every time we was slow down with Thunder Rosa, and we're we're rolling, man. You know, you got three coaches that's still out there, active and well known, right? You know, and and love the business. Yeah, no kidding. Well, now you said you have you, you three are the main coaches. Do you have a revolving door of like guests that come in too that help out every once in a while. Um, every blue moon, you okay. know, like um. You know, Thunder Rosa, she has an all-girl promotion. Oh. All women. Now, that's ran that's ran strictly by women. There's no men at all involved in that show whatsoever. There you go. Yeah, so anytime, you know, maybe the, the two nights before her event or whatever, her mm. show, the girls come in town and ah. they come in there and we let them, you know, help teach or whatever, sure. you know, so... Yeah, we just... Yeah, the door is always open for anybody that wants to come in and and share. So now, do you knowledge. do you train people who have no like first time stepping into a ring, yep. or do you have to have some first knowledge? Time. Okay. Yep. We take them all. We have kids that are nine years old, really, and thirteen. Oh shit! Yes. We we we, we doing like the uh, y'all did in Canada. We got the the, the dungeon <laughs> over here. <laughs> well, you guys should call it the doghouse. Yeah, yes, we got, yeah, we got all the little, little dungeon world, dog pound over here, yes. <laughs> well, that's okay, now I got to know too, what's the thing that pisses you off the most that almost every person that comes in expects or does on their first time? Um, coming in thinking two days after they do a roll, they're ready to have a match, ready to get in the ring and, and really? with the more experienced people. It's like it takes time. One thing we're not trying to do is is hold our kids back. Okay. We're trying to we we because um, when we travel, they travel. They travel with us. We're teaching them as as they go. Yep. Come on the road. You got to learn. Go over there and sell one. Sell merch. One need to be a runner. One need to set tables up. Sure. One need to um, you know, because um, we have a count before every SWE show. Okay. Some are involved in accounts. They get critiqued by Mark Henry, Teddy Long, Kevin mm. Sullivan. You know, so just let them experience those things. And just being on the road and traveling, seeing what it's about. Yeah, no kidding. It's so true. Now, because you were in ECW, does anyone come in and be like, can you teach me how to take a chair shot? No. Okay, good. <laughs> and they better not. 
Yeah, no kidding. Because a lot of people think, and, or yeah, even like doing crazy dives and shit. Last night was doing, it was doing chops and all that. Okay. Yeah, well, if they can handle a chop right now, you go to chop them, they, they flinch it. <laughs> so, yeah. And nobody, nobody want a chair shot, no. But they better not ask about a chair shot, no. Now, how about this? Is it hard during the new PG era or everyone being a snowflake to like... Because you have to be sort of tough, but you can't take it too far, obviously, because no one wants to seriously get hurt. Yeah. Now, how is it hard with that line? Like, how is it nowadays? We we train just how we wrestle. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> so, there you go, yes. <laughs> and especially how you said it, you're not yes, holding people yes, back. Yes. You're trying to teach them the proper way, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, you hear this all the time, it's not ballet. There you go. It's, it's physical, it's go. physicality, and physicality sells. Mm. If you can't stand being touched, then yeah, maybe you need to go do something else. Maybe you need to be a lawn man or something, go mow grass or something, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, That's all true. It's not for you, <laughs> if you don't like any being physical. Okay, so before we get to the worst story of the week and we wrap this up, you mentioned it, being married to Rodney Mack, fellow wrestler. Now, how much wrestling do you guys consume? You must, is it always wrestling or do you guys have side shit that you're like, okay, we got to put wrestling on pause, let's watch this, let's do this instead? Wrestling get put on pause for a hot minute, but it's <laughs> this is a wrestling house. Okay, gotcha. Wrestling house, yes sir it is, because if we're not at training... Some of the guys are coming over watching film. Oh, true. I got my girls. One of them, they both were training. Oh. And one decided just a couple of weeks ago that that's really not what she wants to do. So okay. I only have one training now. Mm. But, you know, we, we I take time out. We watch movies. We're on Netflix, Amazon. You know, we watch, we, we, we do other things. But it is a wrestling house. <laughs> because, you know, because we, cause what we do, the roles that we have... Mm-hmm. That's our life, so it has to be wrestling talk every day. In well, some it's form true. Or another. Well, because again, uh, not to bring him up again, but Josh Alexander mentioned it because he's married to someone who understands the business that was in the business. So it's not yes. like an anchor where you have to choose either personal or professional. With you guys, they're both merged, so that's why it's such a good mix, right? Yes, exactly. And again, like I said, I, I pretty much run the women's division for SWE Fury. Mm. So, you know, I'm girls contacting me constantly wanting to get booked. I got to, you know, I'm booking the girls. I'm trying to make sure, you know, uh, uh, they the, the I got to check my email when I get off with you now because they sent me the format for TV. Mm. So, yes. And again, you need to check out SWE Fury TV, man. I'm telling you, uh, you need to check some stuff out on YouTube. But we're growing big time. We're on CW33 here in Texas um, and a few other states and cities. So we're we're we're, we're really growing. We've drawn over a thousand people every oh, show. Wow. That's awesome. Yes, yeah. yes, and we have Melina there. We have. Oh, there you go. Uh, Selena Del Rinta there. Um, nice. Oh, my God. Uh, we the first one had cast before Impact snatched them. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that. See? Yes. Yeah. So be sure to check us out. No, that's so cool. So what is one of the most recent things that you've watched or that you've loved that's non-wrestling related? I'm into this movie now on uh, uh, Amazon Prime. It's called Them. <laughs> Them? So... Yeah, it's freaking crazy. You gotta check it out. I think I'm not can't tell you. Just go check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. (laughs) Yeah, it's called Them. Them. Okay, I'll have to check it out then because it sounds familiar. Is is it an actual movie or is it a season? Series. Oh, it's a series. Yeah, I'm on. um, I'm on season one, episode five. I think I just started this yesterday. I'm on. Oh, my baby said I'm on episode six. Oh, there you go. <laughs> they know. Trust me. Yeah. The kids know. <laughs> yeah, they know. They know. They know. Perfect. Yeah. So you ready for the weird story of the week? Yes. All right. So actually, before we get to this, because it actually involves a married couple. So both of us being married, we could actually relate to this. But do you have any sort of phobias? Man, no, but uh, no. Do you have any? 
You know what? I would, I always thought I wasn't, but I think now that I'm older, I could finally admit to it. Maybe heights. I'm not too thrilled of heights. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like heights. I don't like heights. That's why I never did shit off the top rope. Because oh. <laughs> I was going to say, any ladder matches or anything, I guess not, huh? Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. Yeah, heights. Um, snakes. Yeah, well, I guess if it, if I, if I know it's ven- venomous and it could harm me, yes. But I'm not physically like scared of it because uh, I don't like the touch of snake. And believe it oh. or not, cats. Shut up! Sorry, I'm a cat person, so I I'm a dog person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cats. I can't hold a cat, man. It's like really it feel like a I don't know. Ugh, you see it? Well, I'm, ugh. <laughs> That's too far. That's probably my that. biggest phobia. Snakes and cats. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, so let's get into the story then. So, a husband just recently asked his wife for a divorce after four years of marriage because of her fear of cockroaches. Okay, so, so far it sounds like he's sort of a douchebag. You know what I mean? She's scared of cockroaches. So what? Were you going to divorce the woman, right? But it, it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this story comes from India. And allegedly, this couple had to move from place to place 18 times in three years because of her phobia. 18 times. In three years. Now. Three years. Okay, now I got you. Okay, so it's not like the guy was in love with cockroaches, but like, you know, enough is enough. It, it got to the point where they even went to doctors, to therapy, to psychiatrists. They even wanted to medicate the girl to see if, you know what I mean, she could get over the fear of this. But she apparently was against all this and looked at him as the evil person and said that he didn't understand. And at one point he was trying to medicate her and declare her mentally ill. So they got divorced. So who's in the right here? Is it her for moving 18 times in three years? Or is it him to moving on with his life and finding someone Normal? I mean, when you say cockroaches, you're talking about two roaches in a in a in a contained environment, or are we just talking about a house full of cockroaches? No, she, as soon as she would see, like, because everyone has it. I'm sorry, like you have centipedes roaming around oh, the yeah, spider. You have, yeah, roaches come from outside. Yeah, like, so tree roaches. Exactly. Yeah. She would see one of them, and that's it. Right away, she would run outside the house and not come back until it was sold and moved on to the next. Oh wow! Yeah, moving 18 times—that's kind of. That's a bit much, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, because that's costing a lot of money. Moving is not cheap, first of all, right? Yeah, eighteen times. Shit, you, I mean, you're looking at somebody that to move probably seven times, but eighteen times. Oh my god, no, I, I couldn't. No, I, I wouldn't do it because, like you said, it, it's Unless expensive. Unless he had this great job and we could afford oh. that. <laughs> See, because I'm the same way. Like, I'm cheap that way. Because actually, me and my wife's first house, we I swear to God, it was haunted. A lot of people don't believe us. But here's my facts. First off, we were literally meters away from a cemetery. Every time a baby would come into our house, they would start to cry and choke for no apparent reason. I mentioned I had cats. They would run up the walls and claw the mirrors. <laughs> Yeah. How long did you stay in this house? We were there four years, oddly enough. Oh, God. And here's the other kicker. Stuff would disappear. Even when we moved, we never found it. And then as soon as we moved here, our cats behaved normally. They weren't running up the walls. Nothing. So we were convinced that place was haunted. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That sounded like it was haunted. Yeah. And that didn't even make us move. Shit, bro. I believe in that now. I'm, yeah. Yeah. And it must have been a bad spirit. It wasn't a good one. Huh? That's what I'm thinking. But see, that's how cheap I was. Not even a ghost could make me move. <laughs> yeah. Your wife is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Well, Jazz, thank you very much for coming on the show. Your time to shine. Plug everything at where people can find you, upcoming projects, whatever. The floor is all yours. Yes, sir. All right. Right now, I am trying to finish this tour. I am I'm needing to start uh, working on my July and August dates. So, guys, hit me up at book.phenomjazz at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter. That's phenom underscore jazz. Also, 
Dog Pound Dojo. Mm -hmm. Interested in training or just you can hit me up on that as well as far as uh, for bookings. And that's dogpounddojo.com. And that's D-O-G-G-P-O-N-D-D-O-J-O. Nice. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast DAP. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast DAP at gmail.com. Rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out, it helps me out. But most importantly, please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. One last question before I let you go. Yes. Where does thing to happen in the ring? My weave fell out. <laughs> really? Was it on TV? Um, ECW house show. Oh, okay. So not too bad. I had a ponytail. I had a ponytail <laughs> and uh, it fell out. And I ran out the ring, went to the back, fixed it, and ran back out and finished the match. I was tagging what? with uh, Nova. Yeah, I was tagging with Supernova. There you go. Never, never heard that response before, so that's a first. Yes. <laughs> yes. On that note, she's Jazz. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. <laughs>